Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Bim. Hi, Dami. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hi. Another pod. We haven't podcasted. Well, po- yeah, just the two of us in a while. So I'm right. I'm quite happy that it's our day. I was tempted to sing just the two of us, but just the two of us. I'll save. I'll save. Uh, I'll save the audience from uh, my my wonderful singing. <laughs> so what's been going on? What's been going on is we are looking for the deals. And the market is so hot, is so, uh, the market, I don't know what's going on in the UK right about now, but finding a deal is like finding a pin in a haystack. Like it's just, you know, initially I thought it was just me. I thought well, maybe I'm just not getting the right opportunities, <laughs> but even the sources are having a difficulty because everyone's buying. I mean, the stamp duty holidays clearly um, pushing a lot of sales through. So um yeah, the deals aren't coming as quickly as they they used to. But um, yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah, it is. The market is super super heated at the moment. Before you can even go for a viewing, there are already thirty two viewings lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are already multiple offers in place, and it's just mm-hmm. um, yeah, the market is really really hot at the moment. And uh, I mean, it's it's a good thing, right? Because that's obviously keeping the economy going. Uh, just it, it is, makes yeah. it you know a bit more difficult for those who are looking for deals and who are looking for those uh 25 below market value type deals you know it is what it is we just have to keep uh keep going and it, it's it's definitely a seller's market so if you're selling in this market it's it's your time to it's your time to enjoy because you're getting you know top dollar for your for your for your properties yeah it is um it is but you know what one thing that i found though i was having a conversation with my solicitor yesterday and he um he said that he's seen a few deals fall through mm-hmm. um like literally weeks into the transaction and um and i i don't remember did i ask him the reasons i think one of the reasons obviously finance being able to secure the the mortgage so one of the things that I feel like is also happening is a lot of people, whilst the market is hot and people are making all these amazing offers, and I suppose they're making those offers on the basis that they do have the deposit to proceed, and they're hoping that the the um, they're hoping that the the banks would do their bit of the um, of the seventy five percent or whatever the whatever loan to value they're offering. And perhaps that's not necessarily going through as planned. So some deals are then falling through as a result. And, and I think it's the same with agents as well. Like even though the, the opportunities are coming and going really fast, but lot, I've seen also, I've also noticed um, some of the opportunities that are coming in. When I look at the, the dates that it was, um, it was first posted online, they've been posted like months before and then when you ask the agent you know how you know what's happened the response that i've had is okay well it's come back on the market so yeah so i suppose it's what what's happening is benefiting and benefiting some people and not so people was, would see an opportunity as you would and and go for it 
Um, and you can only guarantee your, your own deposit, right? You can't really guarantee what the bank's going to do. I mean, even with an agreement in principle, you don't know what the valuation will come out to be. You don't know what the terms are. You don't know if the bank will turn around and say, oh, sorry, there's something that's happened and we can't proceed or whatever the case may be. So I suppose that's the flip side to what's going on. In which case, as an investor who's sitting on the sidelines waiting for those deals, that might be an opportunity when a, when a, when a deal falls through, that might be an opportunity to jump to jump right on it. Um, yeah, 100%. Yes. So because, uh, you know, I think the statistics say that one in every three deals falls through. So mm-hmm. if we follow that precedence, then, and, and, you know, with the market being so hot, there, there will be deals which are also falling through in this, um, in this, in this climate. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's a, that's a good shout. Yeah. So one of the deals that I'm um, currently um, buying at the moment actually is one of those so AJ called me a few weeks back and um, because it was something had come back to the market and then when I when I when I made more inquiries I realized oh I, I was told that someone else had was in the process of buying it and this is interesting because someone that was in the process of buying it she was buying it to to occupy as an owner occupier and in the valuation report there was um there was a make there was a mention of damp um, somewhere in the property so that that was picked up in the report and um, and I think in her in, in, in her in her in, in that particular instance it wasn't so much that she couldn't afford it or maybe the, the banks couldn't borrow her the money or maybe there was an issue with that but anyways she decided she wasn't going to proceed and then it came back on the market and an agent called I went and looked at it but of course I was looking at it from a point of an investment so I had the different set of eyes to you know, I was looking at it from a different set of eyes. So um, I saw a great deal and it's a, it's a property that I'm looking to convert into the house. I'm looking to convert into two flats um, and it works. The deal works. Um, so I'm, I'm quite excited. I'm, I always I was really happy that that property came back on the market. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I guess it also, there's another kind of little hack there in terms of having good relationships with your estate agents because they were able to call you and um, and offer it back to you. So I'm sure you would have built some form of relationship with those agents in order for them to, to give you a call, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally, oh, I love when I get those calls. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what we um, what we discussing today, Bim? So today I, we can... <laughs> So my, my, my church side is going to come out. <laughs> if the Lord were to bless you with a big pot of money, I would just spend it. Yeah. So today's, today's podcast topic is just us looking at what would you do if you had a hundred thousand pounds to invest? How would you invest this money? And you know what? It's, it's interesting that um, this is actually a really good question um especially for for me i find that it's it's a really good one because i've i remember sometime last year or the co- uh, a couple of years back i think i think it was late like early last year before the covid i literally just had random random friends call me three different people as a matter of fact to say bimbola i have a hundred k and i want to invest it what do you think i should do or how do you think i should invest it 
three separate like three seriously i was like okay now <laughs> i thought people don't have money clearly people have some great <laughs> <laughs> so three friends call three separate friends different times called say look i've got a hundred k how do you think i should invest this um so i think it's a good one that we could read a podcast on so mm-hmm. boom i've got a hundred k in the bank mm-hmm. property investor guru trainer <laughs> Public speaker. <laughs> Public speaker. Wait, is that on Clubhouse? <laughs> Moderator. 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 I'm, I'm coming and I'll actually, give that you... Be, that should be a, a Clubhouse topic, actually. 100K, how do you spend on property? 100%. Um, so, you know, what, what are you going to do with that 100K that I'm giving you? Okay, well... So if I were, yeah, so answering this question, there's so many ways, um, just to put my disclaimer out, there's so many ways to spend a hundred thousand on properties. And this is this what I'm about to share is just an example or, or some examples of how you could do it. I mean, it's totally dependent on people's circumstances, people's why, people's pockets, um, and what they want to achieve. Um, in terms of there's no definitive answer. Um, however, if you do have a hundred thousand and you're wondering how or what to do with it, these are my suggestion on how to spend it. So, one way, and I think in in order for me to answer this question, um, I'm going to start with what maybe what I would do, and then after Dami, then we'll talk about other ways that you could. Right? I think that might be a good way to to do this. So if I had a hundred K right this minute, what or how would I spend it? I would, I would a hundred thousand sounded like a lot of money actually, but now that I'm about to answer this question, it doesn't sound that much. <laughs> okay. So a hundred thousand, how would I spend it? Okay. So I invest in the South of England uh, I invest mainly in London and around the M25 corridor. So the house prices um, where I invest is actually very high compared to other areas. Um, your average, and I'm, when I say average, well, should I even say on the lowest side, on the lower side of the spectrum is properties of about 250. 250 is probably the lowest um, obviously, there's still some properties, some places where I could find deals for just a little under two hundred thousand. But let's use two fifty as my lowest, and then of course you can go up as much as you want. So, as an investor who is um, looking at opportunities and trying to build long term wealth with a hundred thousand, I could easily purchase one of those type of properties i i don't even think i can get enough to get to because if i was buying a two hundred and fifty thousand property 25 percent of that plus stamp duty plus my cost of purchase brings me roughly to about 60 70 thousand so i wouldn't even be able to buy more than the one so i wouldn't necessarily go for that option even though that is a viable option what i would do though is um as i call myself the queen of joint venture uh one of the things that i do when i uh, when i pull together my deals um when i source those deals um those properties that are uh, ripe for joint venture i would um pull up a deal that would require let's say about hundred and twenty thousand to invest in and that would include the, the deposit the stamp duty the cost 
the refurb um, and getting it to a place where it's ready to be rented out. And typically what I would then do is look for joint venture partners, maybe three people to come together with 40K each or, or four people to come together with um, 30K each. So what I would do if I had 100K is I would look for such opportunities where I can be a part of a joint venture and I would spread that money um, across three to four properties and well, as far as the 100K would get me. So in effect, what I'm saying is I would divide up my 100K into four pots of 25,000 or three pots of 30, 33, 33,000. And I would look for opportunities where I could join venture and own a part of a property um, so that I can actually buy a property in the South of England. And then by doing that, I would uh, in effectively own a percentage of three to four properties. And that's what I would do um, if I had 100,000. So let me just repeat that again. You'll summarize that. If I had 100,000, I would divide it into three pots of 33, 33, 33,000. And I would look for joint venture opportunities where I am buying with other people or either with a person or two or three other people and where we bring in equal amounts of money um, to buy a deal. And we would do that across three to four different properties. So I'm literally um, leveraging off the fact that I'm leveraging off joint venture opportunities with other people um, and spread that money across three different properties. So let's just assume that each Pro, each joint venture requires 30k investment. I would do three of those, so three purchases where I'm probably earning, um, where I'm where I've got a stake of maybe 30 or 20, anything from 25 to 33 percent of each property, and then I probably have about 10,000 pounds left. So what I would do with the 10,000 pounds, I might actually look for some rent to rent deals that I could invest that 10,000 pounds in. So I think with the 10,000 pounds, I might. If I'm, um, if I'm lucky or I find the right deal, if I'm sourcing such opportunities myself, I might be able to pull uh, maybe two to three rent-to-rent -rent deals. Or if I'm using a sourcer, I might be limited to just two rent-to-rent -rent deals. But of course, it'll be rent-to-rent -rent deals that are profitable uh, and it will bring me a great return. So if I had 100K, I would do three joint ventures and two to three rent-to-rent -rent deals. Awesome. That sounds pretty good. And mm -hmm. um, it's the, good, right? Yeah, with the <laughs> JVs, you can, um, yeah, you can definitely go further, can't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. I mean, I think you've covered mostly the things you could do. You've covered, you've covered splitting the, 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 like not just put, pulling it all into one property and then thinking, yeah, you're doing that. You know, that's, that's, I mean, you could do, uh, like, like you said, there's no right or wrong, right? It's, um, it's just, yeah. uh, how, how, however you feel the right way is for, for me, uh, personally, I would, and we have to stick with property, don't we? This is not, we have to um, stick with property. We're not we buying any Bitcoin, no crypto, <laughs> <laughs> none of your digital stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't okay. enlarge your business. Mm -mm, just property. Just property. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think you know, in in similar vein, I would probably um look for um buy refurbish refinance project where I can add value. Personally, my criteria would be I'd be looking for um properties where I can pull back the um my initial investment within a six to twelve month period. Um, so that 
And when I say pull back on my investment, I mean, let's say I buy a below market value property or a, you know, as the market is pretty hot right now, or just a property at the asking price where I'm able to add value. So maybe add a room, uh, an extra, sorry, an extra room or, you know, refurb the kitchen, bathroom and just modernize the property. Uh, from there, look to recycle as much of it out as possible and whatever is left in the deal, um, get that back within 12 months. Um, so looking at those type of deals, I would look just similar to you. I would look to split the pot into uh, a pot of three um, so that I have 30, 30, 30. The remaining 10, I'm actually going to keep it for liquidity purposes. Um, because, mm. you know, as you're, as, as you, you know, as you know, in property, things don't always go according to plan. Um, you might have an extra expense here or there. So I would actually keep that 10K for liquidity purposes, just in case anything, you know, anything goes awry. And yeah, and that's pretty much it. My, my, my model would be to look for BRR type deals, fund the initial deposit. And, um, you know, depending on how I do it, uh, I could bridge, for example, and get development finance, depending on how much work there is to do. And most development finance companies will, you know, will finance 100% of the development if they can see that the, the end GDV is going to, you know, meet and, and uh, get back all their money. So I would look to use development finance as a way to then, um, you know, to then pay for the refurbishments. And in that way, I've put my deposit into three different uh, projects. I've, um, I'm, de- I'm using development finance on those projects. And then, um, yeah, and then that, that's kind of how I would do it. So very similar to you. Um, I think the only difference is where you're using JVs. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to bridge and use uh, commercial finance to, to, do the, to do the rest of the work. Excellent. So what location would you be looking at? I would be looking, I reckon I would be looking up north because um, 30k deposit. <laughs> That's why I asked you the question. <laughs> 30k deposit. I ain't going to go very far where we are. So or in our part of the world. So I'd be looking in places like um, Manchester, in places like um, uh, Sheffield, in places mm. like Nottingham. And the reason being is that the, the cost of entry is much lower in those um, places. Yeah. But uh, in some particular pockets in the UK, you do get good cash flow and good capital gain. Not, in, not everywhere, but there are certain pockets in the UK where you can gain good cash flow and good capital gain. So you're winning on both ways. Um, so I would be looking to investigate in those northern towns. Like at the moment, I look for properties all around, um, yeah, like I said, Sheffield, uh, Manchester, Nottingham, Birmingham. Um, these are all air, these are all you know pockets in the UK where you do get good, good, good um, capital growth and and cash flow. So yeah, those would be the areas that I'll be looking at. Mm, mm, excellent, excellent. So I noticed something from your response in relation to my in terms of our character or our, our way of life. So I like the fact that you thought about that. 10,000 pots just in case, or like, a, I suppose it's like a contingency, isn't it? In cash yeah. flow. Yeah. 
I am so, this literally just exposed my character. I am so, I am so not um, that girl or that person that lives on the edge. And I remember that my friends and I, we want to look at my, my friend and one of my, uh, my business partner. She always says that she goes, oh my God, people, you're crazy. Because I literally believe in spending everybody I have. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I spend everything I have on stuff. And then, you know, and I, I mean, it's so good that you, you said that. I really love your response uh, because that's something that I actually need to learn to do, to always have something um, something as a backup or just trust cash flow. I mean, I've heard this. The cash flow is important in any business as well. You always need to have cash flow. And for some reason, my, my personality, I'm, I love living on the edge. I love taking all this risk to the point where, Sometimes it does affect my cash flow. Um, and of course, those times it's not very pleasant because you're like, oh my God, what happened to my cash? My cash is all tied up in assets. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I'm learning to, to not know, be I, that I once, I, I once heard um, Grant Cardone and uh he's uh he's so funny that guy i call him uncle g um Mm -hmm. he's like cash is trash you know cash is trash just uh just invest invest all your cash in assets or um uh, yielding you know assets that yield a return Um, That, that literally is my my way of living I remembered my, um, there was one day in particular, so many years back, I hadn't invested or bought anything for maybe um, a few months. So this was at the beginning of my, of my property journey. And I just had a moment. I was on my way to work. I, I can, I remember this day, like it was yesterday. I was on my way to work. I was on the train and I was just, you know, as you do on the way to work, either reading something on my phone, typing something away on my phone. And I just thought, hold on. And then my mind just went, I don't know what I was thinking, but my mind just went to my bank account. And I thought to myself, hold on a minute. I have a few thousands in this bank account. What am I doing with this money in my account? And literally in the space of like 15, 20 minutes, I just went straight on right move, started looking for for properties, found something I thought was okay, called my husband up and said, hey, check this property out. I think I'm going to call them when it's nine o'clock. I'm going to view. And if this property checks out, well, you see all that money in that bank account, everything's getting, <laughs> it's getting spent. <laughs> and that was literally what I did. I cleared all of our account. I cleared everything, like literally cleared everything and purchased this, um, this property. And that's literally how I roll um, but of course, sometimes it does get me in trouble, though. I have to admit, it does get me in trouble because sometimes I find myself strapped for cash because I've got, um, I've, I've literally wiped the whole account clean because I'm trying to invest in, you know, because I, I clearly, like Uncle G, say cash is trash. <laughs> it needs to be disposed of. <laughs> Uncle G. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's... that's interesting. I guess the thing is, and this is what I always like to um, caveat with, there's there's really no, like, right or wrong. It's just yeah, what works for you, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because you've been living on the edge for so long. It's just maybe second nature to you, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It's what suits you. And that's what, you know, I would say to everyone. It's do what's good for you. Don't look at what, don't look at what others okay. are doing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to make sure it works for you. Make 
uh, it works for your family and and you know and, and you're good so so what else okay now we've done the property cool let's leave property for a second no what no else? let's not leave property hold up hold up hold <laughs> okay. up a minute <laughs> okay no we've talked about what we would do right yeah so maybe are there any other options that we would like to suggest for people so just to give it a more robust um these are the things that you could do if you had 100k so I've talked about splitting it into joint ventures. You've talked about splitting it into BRR model. I'm sure there are other things that one can do if you have 100K. So if you have 100K, you could actually just buy the one property, right? So um, let's say you are based in, um, you are based where we are, you're based on the South where properties are a lot more expensive. You can, um, so that 100, you can split it into two properties, actually. So you could buy one property in the south and one property in the north. So as I said, if we look at average of 250 or the lower end of 250,000 or anything between 250 and 300, um, with 100K, that would give you perhaps like a two, three bedroom um, in the lower end um, in the south. So you probably end up spending anything up to like 70k on that property um that's all of your costs your purchase costs and you still obviously need a mortgage so you could buy one property in the not in the south and you know that yes you might get not as great a cash return every month compared to the north but you also guaranteed um a capital appreciation at the end of a few years and then you could then take maybe the remaining 30k and go up north and find you a good deal in a good location up there, maybe Manchester, Sheffield, the places that Dami uh, suggested. And that that 30K should hopefully get you a property um, as well. And then that way you do get a better cash return, um, a better return on your money spent. And hopefully over a number of years, you could get um, a bit of an uplift in the, in the house price. Um, so that way you pretty much balance it out, right? So, you, you know, you, you get some good return on a monthly basis and then over a period of years you would be able to get some return on that end as well so that would buy you two properties one north one south yeah um you could invest it all in rent to rents as you you mentioned you would invest in rent to rent well it gives you good cash flow you know there's that element you could um you could invest in purpose-built service accommodation so, um, well, you, you would only be able to get one because, mm-hmm. sorry, I said service. I always say that, no, purpose-built student accommodation, uh, which yep. you could invest in. Um, they cost anything from, say, 63 to 69K. And they give so what me, is a purpose-built student accommodation? Purpose-built student accommodation is, just as it says on the tin, it's, it's uh, a student accommodation, which is just, it's basically yeah, it's just what it says on the tin. I'm trying to use words. No, that, then is, it, <laughs> that is it like a um, is it like a building that is just built for students? How many units do you get, or is it? I don't get that. Yeah, that's yeah. the first so, time I'm hearing that actually. Yeah, it's it's actually quite um, it, it's it's an interesting diversification investment because yeah, it's basically think of uh halls of residence that you used to stay in right but they're doing yeah. like newer modern ones and yeah. um they're offering it as invest like the developers offer it as investments to to investors so they typically come in two sizes they come in you know a normal size and then like a a, a bigger size which is a bit more luxurious type thing 
So, and the normal one goes for about 63 and the uh, uh, more luxurious one goes, you know, maybe 67 to 69K. Um, How many units do you have in those things? Uh, it could How be, many depends, people would it accommodate? Depends, depends. Uh, they're different sizes. So 120, 220. It just depends on the size of the, and it uh, depends on the, on the scale of the development. But a lot of universities now have these, um, or a lot of developers are now doing these in very popular universities. Um, so, and in terms of, you know, you get guaranteed rent for a couple of years with them. Mm. Um, the yield on them, you're looking at anything, I think you're looking typically about 7 seven to 8% uh, on the yields. And that's after all costs as well. So that's yeah. after management fees, you know, all the normal fees that will come with those type of uh, buildings you're still getting a good yield on it. And yeah, so it's just a good, depending on where you are in your investment journey, it could be a good diversification because you're not managing anything. Uh, it's all managed by the university. It's it's a hands-off uh, strategy. So you hey, just put your... you need to send me some of those deals. I, I've, got, I've got, I just need outlets. I need outlets. I've got so many like different little pockets of things. I just need mm-hmm. outlets for them. Um. So, so yeah, so... There's that. There's. I was talking to someone yesterday, and she was telling me about um, this. There's a there's a development in the Lake District. So it's now this one is a purpose built holiday let, um, and you know they were giving stats about how many people are looking for holi- uh, accommodation in the Lake District. So again, you put you put your money down. It's hands off. Uh, it's all you know. It's all managed. I can't remember how much she said that one was, but that's another um, that's another sort of one you could do purpose built holiday lets or service accommodation. Um, there's I've got one of those in Bournemouth. Not not me personally, sorry, but I know of of a group selling like those those type of properties in Bournemouth. Um, and you you know what Bournemouth is like. It's you know I, I it's my favorite place in the UK. Um, if you go to like the Sandbanks, for example, you could be mm-hmm. in any part. If the sun is shining in the UK, you could you you could be in you know I don't know you could be in Malaysia or anywhere where these nice beaches are. It's just so lovely. Um, so so yeah, so there's that. What else is there? So purpose-built student accommodation, purpose-built holiday lets. What about caravans? Mobile homes. You could mobile do mobile homes. homes. Yeah. yeah, you could do mobile homes. Um, I think you could so- do two of that. One of my friends, a friend of mine did a couple of years back and she said it was around about 50,000, 50 to 60,000 at the time. Yeah. And they give really good return. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, uh, there's a guy called Alfie Best who is kind of revolutionized the mobile home uh, holiday mm-hmm. park. Um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's very much into mobile homes. Um, what else could you do, Bimba? Yeah, wow, I mean, there's so much that co- can be co- done, actually. Co- commercial, <laughs> commercial, commercial might be a bit of a stretch. Uh, but again it depends though if you're if you're certain parts of the country yeah where a commercial building is sold for like 200k yeah. <laughs> 100k you might still be able to do something with that yeah yeah so, yeah, so you could do a commercial to residential conversion so find a, a commercial property in an area where you're going to get the planning approved to turn them into residential yeah. um and you could easily get do one of those do one um do a conversion with that amount of money. 
Yeah. And, um, and I would say, depending on where you are in your journey as well, you might look to invest some of the, the funds, especially if you're like beginning and you've just come into this uh, pot of money. Um, I would definitely put some of it into education as well on yeah. maybe like your chosen strategy. Uh, say you wanted to do commercial and you've never done it before then definitely definitely um and I wouldn't advise that anyway but you know if that's what you wanted to do just uh yeah spend spend maybe 5k or so on 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 a on a course uh, that takes you through the whole process and uh, gives you a bit of support after as well um yes. so that you're not just left uh, to your own devices yeah so that's I mean I'm sure there's so many other ways that you could do it you know um but yeah yeah that's 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 it for now well, I thought of another one, actually. So if you had 100K and you wanted to get into property or you want to invest into property. So earlier, Dami talked about buying a property that needs work where he would go to the bank to get the bridge to buy the property as well as get a development loan from the bank for the refurb. So you could be the bank for the refurb because um, a lot of time people don't actually think of that you know the banks are not the only places that investors look to source funds um, so if you have access to cash and uh, maybe perhaps you're not ready to start investing you don't have the time to start investing or you just want to at least know that your money is going into a place where it will make a, a good return you could actually act as the bank so you could finance you could be a private investor or an angel investor as they're called and um, and fund and investors' development, um, obviously, you need to ask all the right questions, see the plan, do your due diligence, but it's definitely a viable option. Um, so if Dami needs 30, another 30000 to refurb his property, um, which would then give earn him a, a profit of, let's say, 50, 60 or whatever, you could loan Dami the 30, um, and then, of course, charge an interest because Dami would have had to pay the development, the bank, uh, a huge interest, actually, um, for his development loan. So you could step in and, and be um, be the bank. So that's another way to, to invest money. And the other thing as well, so that's you being a private investor to a, to an, a private investor or an angel investor to an, uh, someone doing an investment. You could also put that money into some of those property crowdfunding platforms. Um, so I think crowds, there are quite a few of them. Um, but again, this is where you invest um, your money towards a, a particular deal that is, um, what would I say, organized now? Um, or that it, do it, I mean, doing it as part of a, an existing crowdfunding platform you could invest money that way and you would get a return as well. Yep. 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 So there's certainly plenty of options uh, that one has. It's just a case of looking to um, maximize the returns on your, on your investment. And as we said, there's no real right or wrong. Um, mm. It's whatever suits you, whatever suits your skill, uh, your, your um, experience level and whatever you feel comfortable doing, but it is fun to, play this hypothetical game of if, <laughs> if 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 we had so can we now move outside of property why are you so keen to move outside of property this is a property podcast <laughs> <laughs> 
There are still so many ways, dummy. Still so many ways. But since you're so keen, I actually want to hear what you got to say. So, yes, let's for a minute pretend that property is not the only thing out there. What yes. else would you invest in, dummy? So there's there's lots of different because property <laughs> is an asset class, right? And we have yeah. so many different asset classes. Yeah. Um, you could invest in gold, for example. Gold is a bit more of a defensive um, position, so it's more of a hedge against you know against things going awry in the in the in the in the cash and finance world. So um, you're kind of hedging on the fact that gold will go up. It doesn't produce any cash flow. But it, it can be, you can certainly take some of that 100K and invest it in some gold. Um, of course, if you do, you have to think about storing it, insuring it, and all of these things that come with um, of owning physical gold. Of course, at the moment, BIM, we know what's hot on the market. It's the uh, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin. Crypto, 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 Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I have no idea how these things work, but tell me, <laughs> tell me. No, I'm yet this... to invest in those things, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's uh, no one really knows what's going to happen with um with cryptocurrencies and whether they're going to be around for a very long time. But I mean, at the moment, people who have invested are enjoying superb returns on their investment. It is a bit more of a high risk um high risk uh, strategy because again, you know, um you don't really know what controls the market forces and, and what determines whether it goes up or high. Like maybe Elon Musk might tweet something again and it'll crash, you know, it, sorry, it will go, it'll go, um, it'll go up or something can happen and, and, and it'll come down. So crypto is certainly a, um, an interesting area in which you could, in which you could um, invest. But of course, you have to do your own research. You've got to get, you know, make sure you know what you're doing before you just go and otherwise you're just gambling away your money. So, yeah. Um, so crypto is definitely an option, a very viable option today because, yeah, the returns that people are seeing is, is just phenomenal. Um, I'm invested in a bit of crypto um, and, you know, I'm seeing good returns, good, good returns, um, you know. So, so, so that's the thing about crypto, right? So even mm. though they say it's very high risk, it's volatile, ETC, ETC, but crypto has been increasing, going up in value. Is it crypto or Bitcoin? No, Bitcoin. I don't even know what the difference is between the two. But <laughs> Bitcoin my is, a, is, is, is just is one of the many thousands and thousands of coins or cryptocurrency coins. Sorry. Cryptocurrency. Okay, so let's yeah. go. Yes. So, so for Bitcoin, Bitcoin has been going up and up and up and up in value, right? So when you, that is right, right? Yeah, correct. As, yeah. So, yeah. So when we keep saying, oh, it's high risk, high risk, but it keeps going up. Like, but you know what? Like, this oh, is the thing that is, yeah, it's <laughs> naysayers, right? You, you always have those who, you know, um, 10 years ago, oh, crypto is mm. not going to be around for long. It's not mm. going to be valued much. Now, <laughs> crypto broke, you know, 50, I think it broke 50,000 or maybe even 60,000 per coin. So, yeah. So, you know, if you, and along the way, there's always, even now, you still have the naysayers. So when it breaks the next uh, next ceiling, you're going to have naysayers. When it breaks the next ceiling, until, you know, until maybe what they say happens. But you know how it is in life, Bimbala. Like, there's always naysayers in everything. 
if you want to invest in property ah no there's a recession coming if you, if you want to go and buy it, no now's not the right time i'm waiting for a crash i'm waiting for things to become cheaper and you know you know the sentiments hmm. you know the sentiments there's never a right time to buy the only right time to buy is is now so i think i'm gonna buy me some bitcoin man uh can you make sure you do some research please don't just jump into it i don't need to do any research the only thing i need to know is it's gone up in value <laughs> if i buy it today don't gamble sure your money away. By next week and even if it crashes the week after i made a bit of money right <laughs> yeah crypto is uh it's certainly an interesting um place to play in and um yeah, so that's that's an avenue. Of course, you've got stocks and shares. Um, yeah, you can max out your ISAs if you want to mm-hmm. put away. Um, then you can do. But I think the most interesting playing field is actually is actually um, starting a business. I think that's that's uh, that's an interesting place to place your hundred k or some of your hundred k um, because. You know, when you people don't really think about this too much, but if you know, people do build businesses and sell them on. You know, they have a they have an end game, which is to potentially sell the property. So, uh, sorry, sell the business. So, if you're able to build a viable business and you're able to get a good multiple uh, on the sale of the business, you could be earning two, three, four, five million in the sale of that business. So, um, starting. A business is a very viable option um, for some of the 100K as well. So those are just some of the other ways. You've got things also like Rolexes. You know, some people do invest in Rolexes and yeah. like, uh, because they not they, they invest in particular ones, not just your everyday Rolexes, but yeah. there are particular ones that continue to go up in value. So, um, you know... Uh, and not just Rolexes, there are know. some exotic watches as well. Say that again. I said I don't know. I always feel so, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know, yes, you can do, and these things do go up in value. And I've heard people talk, even even down to like bags, handbags, like, you know, I've heard friends say, oh, you know, I, I, I'm buying, if I buy a classical, a classic Chanel bag is an investment because it goes up. Like, I don't get all of those things. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, yeah. want to do a cup of tea? Yeah, I don't. I can't say I know too much about bags, but you know, if they say so, then hey. Um, yeah, it's the same premise as having a, a particular type of Rolex that will mm, that that mm. doesn't go down in value or, or actually goes up in value. Yeah. But I, for me, I'm like, but what if it gets stolen? Well, <laughs> what if you can't find it? Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the <laughs> like thing. Nobody can steal my house, mate. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> If I come back 10 years, it's still there. Hopefully, <laughs> what's my Rolex, my bag? Well, yeah, 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 exactly. So those are just some of the fun, other fun ways you can also invest um, in, in your, your 100K. But like you said, it is a property podcast. So hopefully um, we've been able to give enough variety in terms of what you can do with your 100K. And yeah, um, yeah is there anything else that you want to... Um, invest this hypothetical money in well you call it hypothetical my 100k is going to be getting landing in my bank accounts preach Preach. Preach. (laughs) i'm waiting for my alert (laughs) alert. (laughs) so 
let me go and put this recording on my vision board. Awesome. <laughs> where awesome. the universe brings the 100K to me. <laughs> awesome. I, said, speak I could it. just mortgage, right? Like, speak it. I could just mortgage a couple of properties and get 100K. <laughs> speak it and it will be yours. But no, um, I guess, yeah, ultimately, whatever you want to do, just make sure you, uh, you've done your own research, you've done your own due diligence and, uh, yeah, and have some fun, you know, have some fun. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, that's it, guys. Um, definitely do reach out to us if you have a hundred k, and we will help you spend it. Yeah, we forgot to say that you can actually, yeah, just come to us and we can help you. Oh yeah, yes, please. Yeah, we uh, on a more serious note, actually, <laughs> if you do have a hundred k listening, if you're listening and you do have a hundred k, um, definitely reach out and we can give you some more tips or push you in the right direction as to how to really spend this money. But that's it from us. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, obviously, if this is your first time stumbling on the podcast, you want to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and do check us out on social media. If you are a clubhouse person, we are there every Thursday um, having discussions, questions and answers about property. So Thursday. And our room is called, do we have a club? We don't, right? Yeah, I've, um, I've applied for one. Um, so I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for it to be approved. Waiting? You know, you can open a club like ASAP, like immediate. Oh my God, where have you been? Clearly have, you haven't been on Clubhouse. Have they changed the rules? Yeah. Okay. The rules got changed like a few weeks back. Okay. You just okay. open the club right there and there. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, no, I applied for it when you were still, when they still yeah. had the waiting list. When so. they still had the wait, yeah, I've got, yeah. I, well, I still have one that is waiting there, but I've actually done it myself now so they can. Okay, cool. <laughs> there you go. And yes, I have relaxed on Clubhouse because I have businesses to run and, and <laughs> other things to do, so... <laughs> Oh, I can't spend my dummy, life. Dummy, uh, dummy. Yeah, you need to be yeah. able to juggle it together. You oh, gotta yeah. be able to juggle it all. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> the indeed. business is on Clubhouse. Indeed, indeed, indeed. The business so. is on Clubhouse. <laughs> the business <Anyway. laughs> is on Clubhouse. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> too funny, too funny. So, guys, um, thank you for listening and we've got some more exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks so um do stay tuned in do subscribe and do leave us comments and feedback um you know when you listen so we know that um yeah you're you're getting value from this podcast and if there's anything you want us to talk about or if you have questions then uh, hit us up and we can certainly discuss it here or on one of our prop chat rooms uh, that happens um, on every other Thursday. So, cool. Until next time, Bim. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. Thank you. Bye.